And tonight is not any short of that. Tonight we have this guy named Chris Edwards, and he is this phenomenal being. I mean, he's just amazing. I have um, followed him for a couple of years now on um, Instagram, and he is like one of the best dressed men I know. Uh, and then he just, you know, overall, it's an amazing person. I was able to be a guest on his podcast a few weeks ago on Instagram conversations, Friday conversations with Christopher Edwards. So if you're not following him on Instagram, please go and follow him on Instagram and you can um, check out the um, conversations every Friday at 12.30 Eastern Standard Time. So 12.30 Eastern Standard Time, and I think they normally go about 30 minutes, but it is a like full packed 30 minutes of great and amazing conversation. So we're going to go ahead and get Chris out here. We're not going to wait any longer and we're going to get him out here. What's going on, Christopher? What's up, John? How are you? I am amazing, dude. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I am 47. As you said, my name is Chris Edwards, and I go by constantly underscore changing for me on Instagram and all my social medias. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years now. I've actually, I, I do quite a few different things. I'm a photographer. Um, I'm a brand ambassador for a few brands. And then also I am a social media coordinator and manager for a few brands as well. So I, I kind of keep myself busy with doing a few things. So with all of that, so how do you find time to balance all of that? I mean, because like you say, you you do your photography and then you have your own talk show podcast on Fridays and so forth. And with that comes a lot of work. People don't get that. I mean, you have to yeah. find guests, topics, yeah. everything. So how do you find time and balance to do all of that? And then how do you get your creativity? How do you stay inspired? All right. So let's let's break it down. Um, first, honestly, I live by a calendar. I schedule everything and I literally, if it's not on my calendar, it does not exist. Um, and what I try to do is kind of break up my week a little bit. Um, Mondays are like my open day where I kind of leave it open for things to kind of just happen. And Monday tends to end up being a little bit full. Um, I have like weekly conversations with certain people. So I do a, a live with another photographer on Thursdays and Fridays. His name is um, Ron Lewis. And we typically catch up every Monday morning, just the two of us, just to talk for about an hour, just to see, you know, how the week went, how, what we're expecting to do this week. And we basically just hold each other accountable. Um, and in addition to that, I have other just like business meetings that I take. And then I try to kind of prepare myself for the rest of the week. And, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays is the same thing. I do a lot of prep work for the Friday show and also for the Thursday night show on um, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then Thursday, I hit the ground running. Thursday's a really a busy day. It's about the two shows, you know, 11, 15 um, a.m. Eastern Standard Time of God, uh, the show with Ron Lewis. And then Thursday nights, I have the show with my two friends, um, the conference call. And then on Friday, it's the same thing, 11, 15 to 12 o'clock, and then 12.30 to one, or sometimes we go a little bit long, but then, you know, it's a long week, it's a long day. And even when the show is finished, that does not mean the day is done. Because what I what I do is I prep for the following week, you know. Um, so it's a it's a constant grind. And then on the weekends, I'm still working. I'm editing. I'm photographing. I'm traveling. So it, it's a lot, but it's it's a lot of balance. And honestly, it's about 
having the items on the calendar. Wow. 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 So you do everything like, so you do all of your editing, you do all of that stuff. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I source my clothes. I, um, style myself. I, well, l- let me just kind of pull back a little bit. I style myself, but, uh, my husband gets final approval on the looks. <laughs> if he doesn't approve of it, it doesn't get photographed. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, okay. Cause I mean, so, I mean, again, like I said in the beginning, you are this exceptional dresser. So, like, how do you find somebody, if you did have a stylist, how would you find somebody that meets your standards? Because, like, you are, like, amazing by yourself. So, like, is that hard to find somebody that meets what you need them to do? Um, No. You know what? I, I'm really open when it comes to that. I believe that everyone has their own style. I don't, and I also don't push what I like on other people. I allow them to just, you know, find what it is that they love. Um, now in regards to like, especially when I'm photographing other people, you know, I we, we come together collaboratively and work on the looks um, so that when people show up for the day of their shoot, there's no surprise. I already know what I'm shooting, you know, from hair and makeup um, to the clothes, um, to even like the lighting, I have it already set up in my mind how I want to do it. Of course, there are some changes along the way during a particular photo shoot. Um, but it's already all planned out. You know, there's never, ever a surprise. I believe that in order to execute something, you really need to plan it out. And it's not something that happens over the course of just like a weekend or a week. A lot of times it takes weeks to, to get to that point. Wow. 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 And, you know, I I think like people do not understand all of the work that it takes just for 30 minutes. I mean, because like you just said, I mean, you described so much that goes into just a 30 minute process. And we think, oh, you just on there talking. No, you got to do content. You got to find guests. And then, like you say, you style your own self for your shows. and, And then the editing part starts after that. Wow, dude, that's amazing. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So somebody said, wow, Chris is a busy man. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I appreciate that, Patricia. It is, you know what? Listen, when you're an entrepreneur, uh, you have to. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. I'm not, this is not something that is was natural to me necessarily. Um, I come from the world of architecture. I was an architect for over 20-something years. Um, that's what I went to school for. I have a five-year degree in it. And... <clears throat> during the begin at the beginning of the pandemic i got laid off like a lot of people and i decided that i was done i was done making money for other people i was done working for someone else and not being completely fulfilled and satisfied and i said if i'm going to do this this is the opportunity to do it now like i think a lot of people saw the pandemic as a means to kind of start over again um to take a chance on themselves and that's exactly what i did you know um I'm not gonna lie, it was scary. It still is scary to a certain degree because you know there's no guarantees for anything. Like there's some months that you, you're doing this, it's like, okay, uh, that income isn't coming in like I would love it to, you know what I mean? But I always have to remember that um, I love what I'm doing. I'm passionate about it. Um, I think I'm making a difference. And then also I have someone here that supports me and says, you know what, go ahead and just do this. because. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? I'm 47 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just take I, I took that leap of faith and said I'm going to believe and trust in myself and do what I know I can do. And I've constantly proven myself um, every day that I can do this. So I'm just going to keep doing it. 
So did you have to like, so before you went and left your architectural job and you started doing your passion full time, did you give yourself like you say, okay, well, I'm going to do this, kick it off in six months, or I'm going to kick it off in a year. Like from the time you decided that this is what I'm going to do, how long of a, how long was there before you actually did it? The very next day. There, there, there literally was no um, looking back. I got laid off at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, and I said, I'm not going back into that. Whenever this whole thing, because, you know, we were living in times of uncertainty. No one knew what was going on, you know, when we were going to go back to work or, you know, what. So I said, I know I can do this. I've been working with some people um, online, doing some things, getting some, um, some brand sponsorships and stuff like that. And I, I figured out a way to generate income from it. And I said, okay, yeah, it's not what I was making before. It was enough to, um, to sustain the bills and to, you know, keep a roof over the house and food and, you know, all the other stuff. And I said, all right, I'm going to do this because I know eventually I will continue to build and be able to bring that money and surpass what I was making before. Um, so it, it's a passion. It's a love of mine. And, you know, like I said, I had to bet on myself and said, I'm just going to do this. There was no, all right, well, I need to get all this infrastructure and figure it out. No, it's like, just figure it out. Just start doing it and just keep building on it until you get to where you need to get to, basically. And I love how you said, I had to bet on myself. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we do not, we don't want to bet on ourselves because we are just that voice inside of our head is telling us, oh, this is not going to work. You don't yep. need to quit your job. And we stay on jobs and we stay in places. So just, you know, for whatever reason, and we never, ever bet on ourselves. And when you bet on yourself, you know, you, you will sure win, you know, because even if it gets out there and it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to work out, at least you tried. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are afraid to just get out there and try. No, you have you have to try. You have to believe in yourself and say. And the other thing too is, there's no one there pushing you to say, "All right, you know, you got to get out of bed to go to work to go do this." You know, for me, I work from home, so it's I get up. Um, I have a, and the other thing too. I think keeping a routine is key. You know, when I used to when I lived in Manhattan, when I lived in New York and worked in Manhattan, I had a routine. And just because I don't, you know, commute to work anymore, does not mean I don't have a routine. You know, I get up every morning around 5, 30, 6 o'clock. I typically leave out the house like around between 6, 30, 7 o'clock. I do a 5K every day, either a run or a walk. That can take me anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. Um, I come back home, shower, um, have a cup of coffee or tea, and I get my day started. By 9 o'clock, I have certain things done that I need to have done, all right, to, to progress the rest of the day. And then I work basically throughout the day. There are days when I get up, when I leave out at, you know, six o'clock, six thirty, I'm not done working until about 11 o'clock that night. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, last week, Monday was the, the exact um, scenario. I literally was on phone calls all day, you know, between booking people for the show, um, setting up new projects, um, uh, doing some lives, and then, you know, literally getting my last live ended at like 1030. And when you're done, you know, when you're done with a show, that doesn't mean that you're done. You're done being on camera, but there's things you have to do to like either put the show up 
or to prep for the following day. So, you know, it's a long day. No one's gonna tell you, hey, you have to do this. You just know that has to get done. I don't have any employees. I am the photographer, I'm the booker, I'm the interviewer, I'm the editor, I'm the stylist, um, you know, I'm the bookkeeper. I, I literally do everything. So what I have to do is just carve out different um, corners of my day to do certain things. And I do it um, every day or every week at the same time, just as a routine, just so I know that, all right, this is the time of the day, I have to do this. Wow. Wow. And so for someone out there, because, you know, it's, it's hard developing routines, you know, it's hard developing routines. And especially when you're not working a full time job. So you have the entire day to, you know, set your own pace. And I think a lot of times we work by our own pace. But I, I love how you said you get up in the morning, you walk, you got this just set routine, regardless to what's going on. You know, you're going to be doing this um, at certain times of the day. How beneficial have that been for you you know did you have you always been that way or is this a, something that you developed once you you know went full-time creative no this is something that i've always done um i can say i started this, like this type of routine um right out of college and that was over 20 something years ago um i used to bike to when i was in philadelphia i used to bike to work that was a seven and a half mile bike in and back so i would you know, bike to work, work. I had, um, you know, after work stuff that I would do, go home, you know, gym on top of that. And then when I moved to New York, it was the same thing. I would do a 5K every morning. And then I had an hour and a half uh, commute. And I would walk uh, another mile and a half cross town to my job. And on my lunch break, I would walk, you know, wherever I need to go to. And then I walk a mile and a half back to the train station. And that, that's my day. So like when I was living in New York, I, I will say I was even a lot more active because like on an average day, I was running and walking between 12 miles a day, 12, 15 miles a day. I don't wow. do as much now, but this is something that is a routine of mine that I've had for many, many years. I find that it, it works for me. It motivates me and it keeps me on pace with the things that I need to do. The, when I don't do it, that's when I slack off. And then of course you have to have your down days. I try to take at least one day out of the week where I just like, okay, I'm not going to do everything. I'll still do my 5k. I might not do it in the morning, but I'm going to get it done at night. You know, even if it means it's me going to the gym and walking on the treadmill, I, I feel it's important for me. It, it helps me to feel better about myself as well. Mm -hmm. And I think setting goals daily, you know, because I think, you know, like I said, I think we, we all start off the new year and we say, oh, well, I want to do this this year. And then by March, we've given up on those goals. You know, they, yeah. they're a thing of the past. So that's why I always say set new day expectations, goals, and expect yourself to complete those goals at the end of the day. And you feel so great when you can complete something in that day. So I love how you say, if you don't do it in the morning, you will make sure you still do it at some point in the day. I love that. Yeah. And Chris, you know, I mean, we, we getting a little bit ahead of us, but this is amazing. So, cause I wanted to talk about living limitless because, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you're doing. You know, a lot of people and they had a buddy on here, um, Serge, uh, and Sarone, they recently started a podcast. And Serge, when he first started out, he is 47. And he thought he was too old to do a podcast. 
you're like, oh, I'm too old. You never know, too old. Never too old. So you are redefining that. I tell people that all the time, 40, 50, 60 year old people that we are redefining age now because we're doing things people may consider it late but hey we're just getting started and we're changing the world so how did or did you even have those voices in your head because like i said a lot of us we do have those voices of defeat and we are telling ourselves oh you're too old to do that or um you missed your time or you're not smart enough to do that did you have those voices in your head telling you that and if you did how did you defeat them Okay, so with Living Limitless, I can honestly say I did not have those voices. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. In my 20s, I, or even before that, like early teens, you know, mid-20s, I wasn't as confident as a person as I am now. Um, I think that I kind of lived in the cut a little bit and let life live around me versus me living in life. And then, you know, I think, you know, 20s are like what I call the stupid years where you're just really exploring and finding out who the hell you are. And then, you know, hit my 30s and I moved back to New York and I was working in Manhattan. I I start to, I don't know, there was a level of confidence that came over me. Um, And of course, you know, I think a lot of things happen in your life that kind of lead you to say, hey, I need to change the way I'm living. I remember my father, um, he had some heart issues and had heart surgery. And it made me stop and say, you know what? All I do is work. I never take vacation, I never go anywhere. It's just about work, work, work. And then also, I think that's something that's inherited and in, inherit in us, especially coming from a Korean background. It's always about, you know, work, pay the bills, do what you gotta do. Um, you know, all those other things will come later on. And I wasn't living life. I was just living through life. Um, mm. And I think, you know, my 30s, I kind of like start to free myself a little bit and saying, all right, I started doing different things and traveling just a little bit, just getting a little bit of a taste. But I will say there was one pivotal moment that um, happened about almost nine years ago. This August will be nine years since my aunt passed away. She um, was diagnosed with cancer, terminal cancer. And I, we didn't know it at the time. We didn't actually know until literally about a month before, you know, the process of her dying. And, you know, family was very supportive. We understood why she didn't tell anyone. I mean, there was, I think one of the person they knew because she didn't want anyone to treat her differently. And she just wanted to live her life. And she had a little one, you know, it was only seven at the time when she passed. But my aunt lived an amazing life. Like she traveled, she took her son everywhere. She wanted him to experience the world. And I realized that even though I was doing a lot of different things, I wasn't really living, like really living, like harnessing what the world had to offer. And after she passed, I said to myself, if I was to die tomorrow, I'm not gonna leave this earth saying that I wish I would have done this, I wish I would have done that. Those days are over. Um, She died in August. Uh, In November for my birthday, I went to Florida on vacation by myself. And I said, you know what? I, I just want to do something different. And I remember getting an email. Typically, it would come up as spam. It was like one of those travel Asia type of um, emails. And the place they had listed was Thailand. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. Out of, literally, I got the email. And about the following week, I booked the ticket for 10 days to go to Thailand by myself. 
and I went and I met up with like this tour group and there were like different people from all over the world that just decided to do like this little group thing. Met a bunch of people from all over the world, made great friendships and just visited another country. I mean, you know, I've gone places, but never to say I'm gonna go to the other side of the world by myself, not know anybody at all and just had this adventure. And the moment I did that, it was no turning back. I realized right there and then that I wasn't living and this is what living meant. And from that point on, I've been pretty much everywhere. I've been to China, I've been to Iceland, I've been to South America, um, I've been to Canada a couple of times, um, I've been to Europe. The only place I had not been to yet, uh, basically, is Africa. And that is definitely on my um, radar. Um, but between that and then I, I started taking my, my photography more seriously. I started doing different things. I remember one of the first, and even before the um, Thailand trip, uh, I always said I, would, I wanted to photograph New York City from a different vantage point. And I got this, um, there's this company called Fly On New York. And it's right outside of New York City, but they fly over the city all the time. It's a helicopter doors off experience where you're tethered to a helicopter and you're able to basically sit on the outside of the helicopter and photograph the city. And I, did, I, I didn't tell anybody. I t the, the day of it, driving to the um, helipad, I called my cousin. I said, hey, look, I'm doing this thing. I'm only telling you because if something happens to me, at least someone knows where I, <laughs> what happened to me. But um, for me, it was like a, I don't know. There was one, there was a weight that was lifted. And then two, I just, I felt like I was living my best life and I was living limitless, as you say. Um, and you know, all those experiences that made me into who the person I am right now. And because of those things that I did, um, started to do nine years ago after my aunt passed away, it has allowed me to not be fearful to do things, to, yeah. to step out on faith and say, hey, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to um, work with other people, create these connections. And you can't do that if, you, if you're um, living in fear. Yeah. Wow. And and I think, you know, because unlike you, I, I do, you know, even still, I even struggle with those inner voices that will tell you, hey, this maybe is not a good ideal. But I'm kind of like you, too, in some regards. You know, those voices don't last too long because if an idea come to me today, I implement it tomorrow. So they don't have a long time to, you know, process there. Mm -hmm. But for some people, those voices do deter them. You know, and we don't need our family to discourage us a lot of times because some of us, we discourage our own selves because yeah. we see the mistakes and the failures of someone else. And then we automatically think, oh, well, they're smarter than me or, you know, they're a little bit more driven than me and it didn't work for them. So maybe it's not going to work for me. And I do think, you know, you know, when you face those type of things, it goes back to what Chris said earlier bet on yourself, mm -hmm. you know, just jump out there. You know, I'm not telling you to go quit your job tomorrow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you ain't got some savings to cover you a little bit, you know, I'm not telling you to do all of that. But, you know, if it is something that you are passionate about and that you want to try, you should at least, you owe it to yourself to try it. Yeah. At least try it. And if it don't work, just find, find a plan B, you know, to but, Two things with that, I always say never underestimate yourself because you'd be surprised what you can actually do when you um, when you push yourself. And then um, also, I, I believe in this, um, you know, if you don't try something, 
you'll never know. And then also, my thing is like for for us, what we do as far as like going out and finding people and asking them to, hey, would you mind coming on my show and let's just have a conversation? My thing is, you know, if you ask them and they say no, you're in the exact same position you were before you did. So you only have something to gain. You're not you. You're never losing anything because you're 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 at where you were before. You know, you asking someone to, will you participate? Will you help? Will you do this and do that? You know, it, it's a win for you. If it doesn't happen, okay, no big deal. You know, thank you so much for the opportunity to have this conversation with you. I wish you the best. And I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to support you, and you move on to the next person. It's Absolutely. just it's just that simple. Because listen. You know, when I had you, when I told you, I'm booked out basically until um, all of May. I had I'm starting to book now for June, and when I started this 18 weeks ago, I didn't think I would even be doing it. I I, I was just like, oh my god, all right, I want to do this like weekly show. How am I going to people to How am I going to get people to come on and have a conversation with me? I mean, who am I to have this conversation with? You know, I mean, I I have made some great connections over these last several years doing this. And I relied on those people that I initially really knew and had a relationship with. But then I knew that that was never going to be able to sustain itself because, you know, you're going to get some no's. And then also not everyone you really want to have on their story isn't as isn't compelling enough to really generate a conversation with a half an hour. So, you know, one of the things I started doing is, hey, this is someone I think that might be interesting. We don't really know each other, but we follow each other or. I don't really know the person, but I maybe know someone through them. I reached out to them and I will say um, nine times out of 10, I get a yes, you know? And when I get a no, it's not a big deal. Thank you so much for the opportunity for me to even have a, this brief conversation with you or exchange. And then, you know, I'll try again later because, you know, maybe they'll follow and they'll watch and see what it's really about. So a lot of times people don't want to invest um, in something like this because they don't know the history of it. Um, and that's why when I do my pitch, cause I have a, you know, I have my little elevator pitch, like you, sh you should have, I've got a script that's already written out at copy and paste. Let's change the name. Um, you know, I always include at least two examples of a show and I try to pick people that are kind of close to them that I've interviewed just so they can see, um, you know, the format of the show, you know? And, you know, you don't, the funny thing is a lot of times when we are stepping out on faith and we're stepping out on our dreams and everything, we're looking for everybody to believe in us. Everybody is not going to believe in you and you don't need everybody to believe in you. All you need is you to believe in yourself. Failure is not an option. You know, yep. you jump out there and you say, hey, I'm going to make this work. And you get out there and you do it because everybody's not going to believe you. There's like, Chris said, we both have to find guests. There are going to be people that tell you no. Hey, that's just the way it go. And like he said, when they tell you no, you're still in the same place you were in right before you asked them. And you just go on to the next person and you just keep it moving. But do yeah. not stop. Do not stop. Wow. Wow, Chris. That is like, that's really, really good, man. And then so, okay, let's talk about this here. Brand ambassador. Because that's okay. something else we hear a lot on social media nowadays. So first of all, I want you to tell us exactly what that is and then tell us how you became a brand ambassador. Because there are some people out here that are watching. They want to be a brand ambassador, you know, but we get these little plugs in our DM. Hey, 
uh, you can come, you know, be a brand ambassador and uh, we'll give you a 10% discount on our product. You know, tell us what it is so people can know. All right. So brand ambassador, it's kind of, it's kind of multifaceted. And to be honest with you, that's kind of how I got started. Someone dropped into my DMs. It was actually a hat company. So let me just kind of step back a little bit. Back in 2018, I started this constantly changing for me um, page. I was on Instagram. I've been on Instagram for a year since the inception of Instagram, but I was um, highlighting my travel and my um, cityscape and landscape photography. And in 2018, beginning of 2018, I had, um, you know, started working on myself. I lost some weight. Not that I was ever heavy to really begin with, but lost some weight. And I was just really feeling like my best self. And when you lose weight, of course, certain clothes just don't fit anymore. So you have to get a whole new wardrobe. And, you know, I love to dress. And I wanted to, I've always wanted to get into fedoras and I, I just didn't feel confident enough to pull it off, but I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do this. I remember buying um, a couple of um, fedoras from this company that was online. They were based out of Florida and they reached out um, to me a couple of times in my DM and I'm just like, okay, this is probably a scam. I'm, I just disregarded, didn't pay them any attention. And they kept like just DMing me like once a week, we'd love to partner partner with you. We'd love to send you some stuff. If you could just, you know, take some photographs and um, tag us in and we'd appreciate it. So one day I was just sitting there, I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna reach back out to them and see what they were talking about. I did that, um, had a conversation with one of the owners and they said, you know, they're trying to build a social media presence. Um, they saw that I had tagged them in one of the hats that I bought of theirs and they loved my look and how I styled it with, um, I believe I, I had like a, a suit on and they just loved it. So I said, all right, you know, I'm going to try this. They sent me a box and I uh, took some photographs of it, sent it back to them. And that's how I pretty much got started. And then I, uh, Fly Hip Ageless, which is on Instagram, reached out to me. So we'd love to have you as one of our brand ambassadors for 2019. And I was still a little skeptical. I was like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. And then she was talking about this is the deadline. I missed the deadline. And then I started saying, you know what? To hell with this. I'm just gonna just try whatever this thing is. And to be honest with you, from that moment on, that's kind of where I just kind of took off a little bit. Um, I was featured on Fly Hip Asia several times um, early in 2019. Um, I, and once I got on there, I started seeing my numbers start to go up. So I was a brand ambassador for um, a hat company based out of Florida, a brand ambassador for a fly hip ageless, and they had a huge following. Um, then I started working with Scott Porter. Um, I worked with them for about several months. I was actually on the cover of one of their um, mailers that they put in every package um, when someone, a customer buys something. Um, I forget the name of it. It was like a little newsletter on how um, how, to, how to prepare their stuff with, um, for their skincare lines and stuff like that. Um, so that gave me um some presence on social media as well and then um i started doing some stuff with other suit companies and then you know this kind of one thing led to another but so to answer your question how do you become a brand ambassador a lot of times what i would do also if it wasn't someone reaching out to me i would just reach out to them saying hey you know i love your products i wear your stuff um i photographed your stuff and that's the other thing too if you're gonna if you want to be a brand ambassador for someone you have to own their products, okay? You can't just go on their page and say, hey, I wanna be a brand ambassador for you. And then, all right, well, what do you know about our brand? You know, if you can't show um, these companies that you understand their brand, they're not gonna wanna bring you on, you know? Um, the other thing too is, 
you, you're going to get a lot of people that reach out to you and say, hey, we'll give you 10%. You know, you have to buy the stuff first and then um, we'll give you 10% or whatever. A lot of times I stay clear. I stay clear of those. My belief is that you're a business. You know, this is marketing for you. Um, I'm not going to pay for that stuff. You send it to me. And then the other, the other thing for me personally is that because I'm a photographer, I photograph myself. So it's not like I have to go out and pay for a photographer and wait for edits and that, that stuff. So how I market it is, hey, yes, I'll be a brand ambassador, but I can also, I'm also a photographer. So there's no other middle person. It's just me. Product, I do all the work, I send it back. Um, but yeah, reach out to people, know the brand that you're, um, you're, you're, you're going after, and just really sell it. Because brands are, don't want to work with you if, you're not, if you can't produce imagery that is reflective of what it is that they are doing and what they're trying to sell. Wow, wow, wow. And you answered you answer the question, actually, because Tammy had just asked, what about brands that want you to be a brand ambassador but want you to pay for their products? Yeah, I, me personally, I don't pay for them. Um, just because, like I said, they have a marketing budget, you know? And a lot of times what they're doing, what they're, what they're getting is they're getting free advertising off of you. And I'm a strong believer in, you know, look, I bring value to your company. I'm helping to sell your products. The least you can do is get me that because you're not losing money off of it. Exactly. You know, that's, it's an investment. You're making money off of my back. Yeah, you give me a coupon code or whatever, but, you know, you're still making money. I'm, all I got was like maybe one free thing off of it. You know, I, and another thing too is I try to do partnerships with people where, you know, um, it's an exchange of goods in a way. Um, currently, right now, I work basically with one suit company, Harold's Men's, where I've been with them for about three years doing um, stuff for them. And <clears throat> I try to bring them business. And, you know, I will say this I don't pay for any of the suits that um, they provide me, you know. Oh, wow. And because it's, it's, it's a partnership. And, you know, we've gotten other deals out of this stuff. And then also I work with Bruno Capello headwear. I actually now manage that account. Um, I manage their social media. So I do their Instagram and um, Twitter and TikTok and all that stuff. And I um, manage their website as well. But how I started was I was, I was their actual first brand ambassador for that company. Cause they didn't have, excuse me. They didn't have a, um, a consumer um, facing um, business. They were wholesale primarily. Um, I helped them to launch their website um, and then to bring on brand ambassadors. You know, I've had people, I don't know if you are familiar with Derek Blanks. I had him on as a brand yeah. ambassador for that um, brand for about a year and a half. Um, oh, we've wow. got quite a few people on there right now. We've got about 20 brand ambassadors right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, you know, it. all this is because I wasn't afraid to, to reach out to people to say, Hey, I'd love to work with you. And you know, working with them, understanding their product can lead you to other things as long as you're open to it. Wow. So I hope that answers the question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was really, really good. So we have another question for you from Willie, a future podcaster. He, I think he shared with me, he's going to start a podcast here soon. So congrats on that, Willie. Uh, the question is, what does, well, what do you feel your podcast? podcast purposes what do you feel the purpose of your podcast is? 
So that's a great question, Willie. Um, thanks. So um, my Friday show, uh, Friday Conversations with Chris Edwards, is really about highlighting um, black and brown people. You know, I feel as though there is a space that is neglected on social media. When it comes to our white counterparts, they can get online and amass a huge following and not really even have to do any work. And not to say that um, you don't have those individuals that do it, but um, the market is geared for them. You know, um, we, on the other hand, have to work 10 times as hard just to make inroads in that space. And what I try to do is shine a light on people such as yourself who have your podcast and, you know, um, the whole dope, dope ass dude experience basically to say, hey, look, there are people that look like us out here grinding, doing it. And it's one thing to have your own followers, right? But it's also another thing to introduce them to other groups of followers. So for instance, you know, you've, you've got your own pot of people that follow you. I have my own pot of people that follow me and they might not intermingle and mix. Excuse me, having you on my um, IG Live, now I've introduced them to you. They can go and follow you and vice versa. Listen, after every show that I do, I realize that I gain new followers because of the fact that new people are introduced to me via the people that I have on. And the opposite is true of the um, other person. Um, but one of the things that I get from, or the comments that I get from people that watch the shows that is, oh, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that this person, their, their, whole, their whole journey and how they got to where they are. Because a lot of times we don't talk about the journey. You show up on a scene, you're doing what you're doing. Especially if you're on Instagram, a lot of times people aren't really telling their full stories of you know, how they got from point A to point B. People exactly. just see the imagery, they see um, the reels and you know the, the little interaction, but there's a whole story behind it. You know, I, I'll give you a perfect example. Like people always ask me, well, how did you come up with the name constantly changing for me? You know, there's a story behind that. Uh, basically when I came on there, it was, this page was really about me just kind of documenting some of my looks for myself. It wasn't really about gaining brand ambassadorships and working with other groups. It was just about me having a way to catalog something and having it live online and, you know, maybe giving a little bit of inspiration to people and then also me seeing stuff that, from other people and trying it myself. But coming up with a name, I was just like, all right, I was going through a lot of changes and I'm going to constantly keep going through changes. And I was just like, you know what? I'm constantly changing. I know that. Um, but I'm not changing for anybody. I'm changing for myself. So I, I said, I'm constantly changing for me. And I knew that that is a name that could stand the test of time because of the fact that I was never going to be the same person I was the day before. I'm yeah. not that same person from 2018. Yeah. You know, there's so much growth and enlightenment, enlightenment that has happened in my life in the last uh, four or five years. You know what I mean? So that's how my name came about. That's how the whole story of my page and existence on social media with the whole fashion, photography, and the social media experience came about. And using that name was so empowering to me because I knew that that's what was going to carry me all the way through. Yeah. Wow. And I uh, got a comment from Don Birch. You mentioned him on your show. You watched the show. He was on it here. Yeah. <laughs> OG I Fit Club. So good information on brand ambassadors and partnerships. Thanks, Don, for watching it, man. Thank you so much. But yeah, that is like, I love your name too, because we are constantly evolving. 
you know, as people and to be able to allow people to watch you on your journey. And as you involve, evolve into greater, that is just like amazing. That, that, that's yeah, I, I got a story for you. So um, when I started this, you know, Instagram is really just about imagery. It really wasn't about the reels in the beginning. So a lot of times, you know, you're just putting up stuff. I, I'm doing curated images, you know, that I'm, stuff that I'm shooting all different places and stuff like that. And I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I did a live with somebody. I think it was my first live really that I did with anybody. And one of the comments I got was like, they were like, oh my God, I didn't know you could speak. And it really hit me because I was just like, people don't realize, I mean, in my work profession, I was definitely, you know, someone who had to speak all the time. I was always in front of CEOs and heads of departments for, um, cause I was, I worked in healthcare on, in architecture. So I was always speaking to um, heads of departments and stuff like that. And that was just a common and constant thing for me. So that was something that I was just accustomed to, but because I was on this particular um, medium, it didn't really require it. So I didn't have to do it. And I made a, a promise to myself, you know, I was going to be more in front of the camera, but not just in pictures, but doing video and stuff. And that's how actually this whole doing this show thing came about. I actually did it for one of the groups I was in previously, um, the Classic Men. I had interviewed all the guys that were in the group um, starting beginning of January for about 15 weeks. And I did that. And then once I realized that I could do that, once I decided to do this, I was like, oh, there's no brain. I can, I've done it before, you know? Yeah. Wow. And you, yeah, you definitely have to evolve. You know, you have to change with the times. It's funny this year. So I used to blog. I used to blog and everything. So every year I used to write this blog on the 1st of January. And actually it would be the same blog I would just post every year, the same blog. Okay. And it would get, you know, thousands of reads every year. So it was always called Waking Up on New Year's Alone. And I did one for Waking Up Christmas alone too. So this year I decided opposed to writing a blog, I'm going to do a reel where I'm like talking it, you know, pretty much talking it. And, uh, but I did it like in, I was in my bed, I had my phone above me and I'm talking, but I'm pretty much saying the same blog that I did every year, but everybody was like, Oh my God, John, you just seem so sad on the blog. I'm, I'm like, this is the same blog I've been doing for years. <laughs> I'm just evolving with the times. Yeah. People want to see you yeah. talk it opposed to read yeah. it. But it is just amazing. But you do have to, you cannot just start something one year and then just think that 20 years you're going to be doing it the same way. No, you may yeah. do it this day and three months later, you have to shift it up a little bit. But then we have yeah. a question. We have another question for you, Chris. So, and this is coming from my friends at Straight Up Real Talk, Serge and Saron. Thank y'all for watching. Chris, you are bringing out everybody tonight. I'm just going to tell you that. So, Serge and Saron from Straight Up Real Talk would like to know, do you feel rushed having a 30-minute show? Is that enough okay. time? So, here's the thing. I get this question a lot. Um, I don't feel rushed. So, technically, the show is 30 minutes but it's blocked out for an hour. And the reason why I decided on 30 minutes, so first of all, it's at 12.30 Eastern Standard Time, which is like lunchtime for most people on the East Coast, um, kind of central time. Uh, I know it's a little bit different on the West, on the West Coast, but it 30 minutes is like the perfect amount of time, especially when it comes to Instagram. People on Instagram are a little bit more finicky um, they don't, they don't invest the time to sit down and watch something on a mobile device. 
You can get them for about 30 minutes. Once you start going over that 30 minute time, you start to lose people, which is okay. You know what I mean? Um, I don't feel rushed. And I'm gonna tell you why I don't feel rushed. When I do the show, I don't come in with a pre um, set set of questions to ask people. Um, my prep for the show is um, typically on Wednesdays, I'll tend to go to the person's page, just do a deep another deep dive if they have links, if they have anything to, um, that needs to be that's um, published um, that I can read or any videos or anything on YouTube, whatever they have externally, I go through it and just get a good, better understanding of who they are. And then also a lot of times when I'm booking people, they have something that's going on um, either at that moment or coming up. So that's something we can talk about. Um, what I want people to get out of this conversation is uh, I want people to I want people to get to know who they are. It's not about me. I'm just there to kind of facilitate and move the conversation along. You know, every once in a while, I might interject with something small or something I can relate to, but I really focus on letting the individual just talk. 30 minutes can go by fast. And that's why if, if you're constantly interjecting and interrupting them, then their message is not going to come across. And what people are tuning into is to see them. They can see me any other time. They can see me, you know, they see my photos and the stuff that I'm putting up, the reels and stuff like that. Um, but it's really about them. It's really about me highlighting these black and brown people that um, sometimes might not have the space to, to be able to talk about who they are and their journey on social media. So that's what it really is about. So 30 minutes is in a rush. And then on top of it, as you know, if the conversation is really deep and I feel as though it needs to go a little long, I'll say to them, hey, look, you know, if you have a little extra time, I don't mind going long. You know, I think the longest I've done is about 55 minutes. <clears throat> and I think because it was warranted. Wow. Love that. Love that. So let's go ahead and we're going to move on here. So branding and dynamic imagery, because that's something that you definitely do all the time. So for someone that's trying to brand themselves, you know, they have a great idea and they 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 want to brand themselves. And branding is bigger than just coming up with a name, taking a couple of pictures. What suggestions do you get have for people who want to brand themselves as something bigger than what, you know, they have in their head? Yeah, I, I think where you need to start um, first and foremost is know who you are as an individual. Um, don't try to mold yourself into something that you think that you could possibly fit in or what a company would want to see from you because what a lot of these companies are looking for are individuality who you are as a person and if people can see who you are as a person they're more willing to work with you because they're not trying to recreate the will they're going to give you whatever that they need their product and allow you to be yourself with their product to sell it so like for instance you know, when I first started this, I know who I was. I'm the type of person where I, you know, I love to dress well. I love the good suit, but I also love to dress real casual. I could throw on a really nice pair of jeans, a um, button down shirt, a vest and a blazer and a hat and I'm gone. I, I, that's who I was. And that's, that's still who I am to a certain degree, but I know that my, 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 I'm not gonna say my style has evolved because my style is many different things. I'm very multifaceted, just like most people. I think a lot of times too, when they see you in one particular thing, they pigeonhole you and say, oh, this is what you do. This is who you are. No, I'm, I'm more than one thing. But know who you are, know what you bring to the table. And then the branding just kind of comes with it. 
Look at the things that you're doing. Look at the things, well, look at who you are and say, this is who I am and this is what my brand is about. You know what I mean? And then I, I think the dynamic imagery um, will just come naturally, you know? it Because you're just highlighting the brand, which is either yourself or something that you're producing, if that makes wow. any sense. Yeah. And I love how you said know who you are and knowing who you are and evolving do not mean changing to please the, you know, the trends. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost with their brands. You have to stay true to it. And that's that's all a part of the know who you are. Stay true to your brand. And when times change, if you need to evolve or tweak it a little bit to go with the times then you tweak it. But don't lose yourself trying to get likes. Because we all know likes, you will get 1,000 likes on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, you will get three likes. So you, yeah. can't, you can't allow that to drive your value. I think you said something really important. I think a lot of people get so caught up in the, oh, well, you know, my page isn't doing that well because no one's really liking my stuff. Listen, sometimes you're going to hit a, a rough patch where, like, you feel as though no one just, just doesn't get your stuff or because they pigeonholed you in their mind of what they think you should be when you're posting stuff. So I'll give you another example of that. When I started doing my page, it was really, for me, it was all about the fedoras and the suits. Like that's what people came to my page for. And then when I would start posting stuff that didn't have the fedora on, like I wouldn't get any love at all. It's like, they would comment, well, where's the, where's the hat? And I'm like, that, I'm not going to post a hat every single time. Like there are some things that I, I want to do without a hat. But here's the thing, though, that can be very discouraging and it can force you to, to push themselves in that direction and say, well, I'm just going to give the people what they want. It's not about that. It's about staying true to yourself. Like there are times where I don't even I don't, I don't wear the suit like I've like last year. If you look at my page, I really started steering away from just doing the suit stuff because that's not who I am completely. And on top of it, I have to look at where I am in my life like right now. I'm not going into a corporate office where I'm dressed. I have to be dressed in a suit every day. So that that's not my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do I love to get dressed up when I go out? Absolutely. Will I throw on a suit when we, you know, when we go out to something? Absolutely. But that is not my life. I like to be relaxed. You know, uh, wear different things. I can wear things that are trendy. You know, I've always said you don't always have to follow trends. You don't. You know, some pieces that you have in your wardrobe definitely are pieces that sustain the um the test of time a white down a white um button down shirt classic you'll always be wearing that a nice um black suit you're always going to need that a nice gray and blue suit you're always going to need that um but you know mix and match you don't have to be doing the same thing sometimes i want to wear a fedora i love wearing a hat sometimes i want to wear a baseball cap sometimes i just want to wear a knitted hat like you have on right now it just it's just about how i feel in the moment and I don't want to be subjected to how everyone perceives me to be, you know, mm. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You can. And I mean, the, I tag all of my pictures with be your own vibe. And I mean, you have to that. figure out what your vibe is and you create it and you own it and don't care what people think about it. Don't care what they say about it. Just be your own vibe and feel comfortable. I love how on your video you were using Beyonce's song, Cozy. You know, you yes. have to be cozy in your own skin. You know, come on, people. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it. But we do have one final question for you, Chris. Okay. And this is from Don. And he says, have you ever had a guest from hell? All right. Um, 
for my Friday show, I, I have to say I have not had a guest from hell yet. Um, when I was doing uh, the other show back last year, not that they were guests from hell, but you know, everyone is different when it comes to being on camera. When you have someone that one is not a regular on camera like this, and they don't know how to answer questions and engage, it can be very difficult. I remember I had an interview, I interviewed someone and it was a 30 minute format, just like my show. And, you know, I had a list of questions for them. And literally within the first five minutes, we burned through about 75% of those questions. And in my mind, I am fretting. I'm just like, okay, this is not gonna last 30 minutes. We've already gone through seven out of the 10 questions in like five minutes. And I've, I've used every tactic that I could, that I know to try to, you know, get more information. I'd ask a question. I'd be like, okay, elaborate on that a little bit. And I still get like the one word answer. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to die a slow death here. Luckily, there was enough people on the, the live that I said, I opened up the questions and that kind of helped to, to sustain the conversation. It went a little bit short. I think we did like 25 minutes versus the 30. Um, but luckily I have not had a guest from hell. And, you know, I think part of that is also because I know who the people that I'm bringing on, you know, I've either seen what they can do. I've seen them interact with online and I don't pick people that are like highly controversial that are, um, just saying things to be saying things. I, I'm bringing people on that have purpose, um, that are interesting someone that I would actually want to sit down and have a conversation with, um, you know, I feel that I could probably be friends with them. And a lot of these people I've made friends with them. Um, as you know, after the show, I always call every guest that I speak with just to kind of have like a little debrief. It can be like five minutes to a half an hour. It doesn't matter. Just to, you know, see how they felt about the show, how it was for them, the experience. Um, you know, and I, I think that's a good thing to have, you know, so I, I know who I'm bringing on. So I never really anticipate having a guest from hell, not to say it won't happen and never say never. But for the most part, I tend to I, I bet my the people that I, I have on the show, because wow. I want it to be a good experience for myself, for them and for everyone that's watching. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be times you have people on your show that just not talkers and they may be talkers in real life, but they get on that camera and it's like, no, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what though? Everybody's different, but you know, I you just have to go with the flow. And I look at it like this. Yes, there are people that are watching it, but I'm having a conversation with you. It's just you and I talking right now. That's how I look at it as. Yeah. Yeah. And so Don, I mean, I don't call you Don. I got to see Don's name. <laughs> here. So Chris, tell us this here, because we do have a couple of people out here. I know Don is actually getting ready to, he's gearing up to start his own podcast. And I know that's going to be amazing. So for future people who are wanting to become podcasters, what advice would you give them, you know, to be successful? What advice would you give them? Um, Kind of something what I said before, I said, be yourself. First and foremost, um, take your time uh, and do the hard work. I, listen, like we've like we've said, this is not something where you just jump on and you just start asking questions and the show's over and it's done. There's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes. Spend the time to to build that um, like infrastructure in a way. You know, 
build up your, your guest lineup. Um, make sure you don't have to have the most expensive equipment, but have the proper equipment, have the proper setup. Um, you want to be able to look good and sound good while you're on this meeting because that's what's going to help to get other people. If, if you have crappy equipment, uh, bad lighting, people are not really going to tune in and then also have great content. Great, have great content. That's what I would say. But uh, believe in yourself and just do it. Just do it. A lot of people say, oh, I have to plan. I'll start at six months from now. No, just do it. And you'll learn as you go along. I honestly, I decided that I was going to, I left one of the organizations and one of the places I was working back in September to say I was going to just do it all on my own, move away from everybody else. And I started this in October. So there's literally was like maybe two weeks downtime for me before I started doing this. And how it came about was I was speaking to someone that um, I know on social media and I said, you know what? I've had this idea for this show and I would love to have you on. And he was my first guest. And that's how I got wow. started. Wow. And wow. now it's just kind of, it slowly just keeps building into something that's bigger. And it's to a point now where, you know, I've gotten to a point where I didn't even see this the stuff that I'm doing now. I've got some amazing people coming up, but some people I can't even talk about right now. Just know that March is going to be a big month. I've got some super, super guests coming in March. And I'm actually working on bringing, getting on some big other names as well for later in the year. So, uh stay tuned i love it i love it i love it and yeah you know chris you know me and chris so happened he started on fly ageless and that's where i met chris you know just going out on fly ageless and everything and i'm extremely glad i caught him you know during that time when he was on there promoting because if you wouldn't have been promoting i probably would have never followed you and that's you know like i tell everybody every show that i have i'm huge on divine connections and when you meet people, you never know who they are in your life. So handle them with care and grace and love. Because like I said, you don't know who they're gonna, how they're gonna bless you in the future. And hey, that one little connection on Fly Ageless ended up me being on Chris's show and then Chris now on my show. Absolutely. And then another thing, like Chris said, just go for it. I'm like Chris. I ended one podcast with some buddies in June, did not know that I was going to be doing Dope Ass Dude. It came to me in August. I launched it in, I mean, it came to me in July and I launched it in August. So just go for it. Don't give yourself time to talk yourself out of it or other people to talk them talk you out of it. But just go for you what you want. And then if you're not following us on TikTok, make sure you go follow the podcast on TikTok and Instagram, the Dope Ass Dude Podcast. And as you can see, Chris's name scrolling across the bottom of the screen, constantly underscore changing for me. Check him out this Friday on his show. He'll be there live. Go ask him a couple of questions and everything. And then you can also listen to the Dope Ass Dude on the go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So make sure you go out and look for me there. And this has been an amazing night. Chris, thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And guys, we will see you guys next Monday. Peace. Chris.